is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is your boy Hirsch, and always with me, my man Mike. What's going on? And the hype man, Wes. What's good? We got a jam-packed episode for you, Gator Nation. First and foremost, we want to apologize for no raw reaction this week. Uh, We had some personal issues come up this week, couldn't be avoided, so... To make up for it, we're gonna try to cover everything tonight. We're gonna we're gonna hit on what happened, what went wrong, what went right, and um, we're just gonna jam from there. As always, guys, you can find us wherever you get your podcast from. We're available on all major providers. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel. Respect our decision. Um, had a couple viral videos on the uh, YouTube this weekend while Mike was in the trenches. We'll get a report on that in a minute as we get to the game. But, uh, yeah, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel, Respect Our Decision. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and give each video a like. It helps us a tremendous amount. And as always, guys, if you would like to support us as creators, please check out our Patreon, Respect Our Decision. As a reminder, each and every dollar that we make on Patreon, we put right back into this show to get the best quality content we can. We want to give a shout out to our man, Justin Martin for being our newest patron. Thank you so much, Justin, for the contribution. We appreciate you. And as always, guys, we want to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Camwood Supplements. Make sure y'all go check out camwoodsupplements.com. If you're in the market for good supplements for your workout, your post-workout, or even super greens for your digestive health, make sure you check that out. Use code RESPECT20 to get 20% off your first purchase. 
And guys, as always, with that being said, we're going to jump right into it this week, man. We got so much to talk about. And we're going to start, man. We Like I said, we didn't get our raw reaction in this week, but these reactions will not be kept from you. And with that being said, we're going to start, like I said, Mike was in the trenches live in the streets of Jacksonville this weekend. Mike, what was the mood, man? Um, not as many Gator fans as you would see normally, I, but then again, I didn't really hit the Rome button as I uh, normally do. Pardon me. And sorry about that, folks. Yeah, um, I was uh, definitely floating around tailgates. So it was definitely, you know, some decent energy. You know, it was just talking shop. You know, I saw, saw some former players and uh, had the opportunity just to uh, chop it up with them. But it was um, outside the stadium. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. I didn't see anyone get stabbed, which is just a shocker in the city of Jacksonville. Uh, however, you know, inside the stadium, once again, in, unfortunately, but I wasn't shocked. The It was uh, more of a Georgia uh, crowd, probably – 65-ish, the 35 uh, floor, um, Georgia compared to Florida when I'm used to 50-50. But, you know, overall, you know, the the, um, the fans that were there definitely, once again, as usual, were, were loud when they could be. And um, especially when it was 20 to 20, they they were giving it to the Georgia fans. Georgia fans were quiet. And it was uh, I about four guys in front of me, and you could hear a pin drop. So, Overall, a great experience, as usual, uh, going to a Gator game. And, uh, you know, hopefully next year we uh, take it home. Yes, sir. It looked pretty lively down there. Um, as always, guys, make sure you go check out. We we uploaded some of the videos Mike sent to us. We do that every week when Mike is in the trenches just to kind of give y'all the game day experience for those of y'all that can't make it out. Uh, just as a quick note before we move forward, Mike will be in the trenches this week making the long trip out to College Station to watch the game versus Texas A&M. Could be a tough uh, one. Thoughts and prayers for Mike as he goes out there amongst the uh, Colt this weekend. Um, and I will not be there Friday night. There's no chance. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mike's going to be there to, with his overalls on to see if he can get in on that uh, yell thing they do. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going we're gonna to give some our thoughts, some real quick thought, emotional thoughts on this game this weekend. I'm going to let Wes kick it off. Wes, just give us – what's them raw thoughts about that that Georgia, that Florida-Georgia game? Yeah, I'm going to try to keep it short. Um, Hirsch, appreciate it. Um, first, uh, the positive. Uh, we've hopped on uh, – Bernie, uh, his, his improvement this year. Uh, shout out to Mike's boy. I let Mike plug that when he wants to plug that. But uh, Bernie caused two turnovers. Uh, he, he forced a fumble and he had an interception. Uh, Bernie was something that was <laughs> something else. Uh, he had a little fluky play where he made a great play. He ran with the tight end, uh, and it's just something that let. At that point, I realized it wasn't it wasn't going to be our day. When uh, Bowers took that play uh, to the house, I was like, "Man, I mean, that that that's just, that was just crazy." So, uh, other than that, uh, not other than that, my boy Chris Mack. Uh, I I don't know who's. I think I saw this guy first when he first flashed. A lot of us watch football a lot, uh, especially me and my guys, Mike and Hirsch. We know football. Uh, we watch football, not just Florida football. We watch a vastly amount of football, NFL, college even high school. So uh, when I saw Chris uh, early in the season, I knew this guy was a stud. He continues to be a stud. So I'm going to hype my guy up. 
that guy had a hell of a game. I still think he needs to play more. Uh, he flashed again this week. Um, kid's a freaking stud. So love what I saw from Chris Mack. Uh, Dini actually had a pretty good game. Um, I, I saw him break up a pass. He still celebrated again, doing that crazy stuff. Celebrate. I don't know why he continues to do that, but he had a decent game playing the safety. I know we weren't going, but um, offensive line. I, I pointed out to Kingsley, and he just he was garbage. I mean, the offensive line didn't AR. I know people want to hop on AR, but our offensive line. You can look at the amount of time that Stetson had to play. I mean, it had to pass compared with the AR had to uh, the pass it was ridiculous. So. My, my thoughts. All right, Mike. Um, hit us with it, man. What you think? Yeah, we did the exact thing we should. Like I said we couldn't do. We started slow. Um, Very. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, wasn't wasn't fun to be at. And um, luckily, I was still uh, feeling the effects of the pregame, so kind of helped me out there. Anyways, so we had a. Uh, you know, starting slow, you know, once again, having that uh, occur was was highly disappointing. The normal effects of the offense, ARs, uh, uh, miscues as well, uh, O-line not looking good. Just uh, just when it's consistently the same issues, it's, it's highly, just highly disappointing. And uh, defense played um, a lot better. Played a lot better than I expected. Um, they really stepped up to the um, stepped up to the um, plate. I'll get into specifics uh, in a little bit, but overall, um, I actually loved what the team did in the second half. Especially, they showed the exact same thing. Um, you know, what they've uh, had to, and that's resiliency. This there's not there's not a score. There's not a team in the country that can put this team. Uh, they can uh, put this team out of the misery, and that shows a, a lot about this football team. No matter where the game's played, if it's at ten, if it's at Neyland, if it's at World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party, I don't. if it's at in the swamp, this team will, can and will come back. That's just a fact. This is, this is going to be a real uh, quick rant for me. One team was much more talented than the other, and it showed on the football field. Plain and simple. We don't have the horses yet. We just don't. Um, we know the reasons. We've stressed them on this show. We said it over and over again. Um, we do not have the horses yet to run with a team of that caliber. But, as Mike said, we have the fight. This team has the fight to play with anybody in the country. And y'all can say, well, that's a moral victory or you don't get a trophy for that, whatever. That's fine, and you'd be correct. You don't. You don't get anything for that. But that's the kind of improvement that we've been talking about that you needed to see. That's the kind of progression. Um, you need to see that your team has fight and they believe in themselves that they can stay in the game and not go, well, here we go again. We're getting whipped. Might as well just lay down and play dead. The Mullen mentality that we had last year is being swept away. I take that as a plus. That's not one of those stats that show up on the stat sheet you're not going to see it you have to actually watch the game and see and know the difference in what you watched last year to know the difference so we don't have the horses yet got to get the horses and the co- and the coaching and the plan will come with it i mean it's just a matter of that's what's got to happen flip the roster and we move on so with that being said guys we're gonna um we're going to kind of roundtable it for a second. We're going to talk about a few things like 
what went right, what went wrong, and and you know, just kind of you know, kick it around for a second. So, Mike, what in your eyes, what went right? I can't believe I'm saying this. Mar Burning is playing is second best player in defense. Somebody um, called he that. played like a a day two draft pick. He he contain we did what we needed to do to win in terms of containing Brock Bowers. I and mean, if you take away that egregious um phantom call um right before the half, we are top it's a 21-20 game, ball game in the second half. Um and I'm talking about that uh, off that um, defensive pass yeah. interference, which it was actually um, truly offensive pass yeah, interference on, on Jason Marshall. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was in there um, on Jason Marshall. So he's he he shut. I'm gonna say he shut Brock Bowers down. Brock Bowers, a top arguably top five player in the country, and he shut him down. That um, he, and he had an interception as well. Made a couple nice stops. But that tip, that tip pass could have easily been intercepted. I mean, that's just one of those, you know what, in film is just kind of like, hey, this is bad luck. So, you know, and another thing that went well, uh, like I said, resiliency, and then Trey Dean. Trey Dean, you know, everyone put him out the pasture, and he essentially got benched early on. Uh, but this – what there, I, there was always a reason why he was playing, and this is why you don't – in the resiliency that's been shown week in, week out, this is why you can't just press the youth movement button. There's a reason why these players are playing. Now, obviously, we can increase snaps, but you ha- oh, there's a re- there's a method behind the quote-unquote madness that people think. Like, oh, put in Wilson, so on and so forth. There's a reason Dean and Bernie are there. And I'm, you know, I'm ecstatic to be proven wrong about Bernie and the coaching job by, you know, the, the coach that has us, Bateman. Wes, what you think went right? Um, I'm just, I'm going to piggyback off what you said uh, as for in your rant, uh, the fight of the team. Um, a lot of people on the message boards running to, put the team out uh, like Mike just said about Dean. They wanted to put the whole team in passion and say this team quits. But then when we went on the run in the third quarter, you saw what the culture that uh, I believe Billy is trying to build was there. Uh, the team didn't quit. They made some plays, starting with Mike's boy, Bernie. Uh, he had to strip uh, on, on the running back, and then he had to pick. I mean, that ignited uh, a semi comeback to make it respectable. I uh, love what I saw there. Uh, from the team as far as them not quitting and them still playing hard and making it a game. So uh, I actually love that um, uh, from the team as just in, in general. So I was very, very proud of the team. I never wavered on that uh, as far as them being a team that doesn't compete. People don't realize we played three top 10 teams already. And, and when I get into it about uh, what Saban and what Kirby did in their first year when they went compare i don't think kirby played the number one team the number three team and the number 10 team in their first year and that's not even counting utah which is a top 15 team as well so i don't know if what 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 and the thing that i i take from that is we haven't been blown out if you count this as you might want to you could say this may have been blown up but we played hard but that was against the number three team in the, in the country but we played four top 15 teams say what you want to say about this team but we played a hard-ass schedule and the team continues to fight, and they've been in every ball game. So proud of the team and what they did. Um, 
I was very pleased with the halftime adjustments. I don't know what Billy said at halftime. I mean, maybe he pointed at the scoreboard and said, hey, there's a team from Georgia and it's 28 to three. I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> we've got a chance. But um, they came out and fought, man. They fought. And like I said, at the end, we didn't have the horses to stay. It just – we gave them a, a battle and then we fell off. It, it is what it is. You have to accept it. I think most people understood what was going to happen going into this game. Um, I don't think the score – is completely representative of how the game went. But then again, it is because it was 28 to three at halftime. So, I mean, you know, it's, it was a very weird game to me. The, the ebb and flow of it was very, was crazy. And um, maybe I didn't, you know, we'll get into what I didn't like in a second, but yeah, I, I really like the halftime adjustments. That was one of the better examples we've seen of it this season, as far as making adjustments at halftime. So now we're going to talk about what went wrong guys. Um, Wes, your turn on this. I'll give it to you. Where, where did we miss, man? I think I, I think I know where you're going on this one. Muted. I, yeah, my bad. The trenches, both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Third quarter, we made the comeback. What did Georgia do? Take the ball out of Stetson Bennett's hand and ran the ball down damn throws. Basically what happened. They said, we're not going to let Stetson um, throw it. We're just going to run the ball. That's what happened. People want to hop on the AR, didn't have a good game. Did you see, as in, in my rant, did you see the time that AR had to throw the ball? Wasn't a lot. Wasn't a nice pocket back there. Could he have made some more players? I'm um, excuse more plays? Yeah. I'm still on him being a first-year player and him being new to this type of offense, and he has to get better each week. But he wasn't the reason why we lost this game. The reason why we lost this game was the trenches, and that's what happened. When Hurst says we don't have the dogs to, to fight, to, 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 to compete, to win, we, we can compete, but we're not going to win, especially in the SEC when you need trenches. You have to win in the trenches in the SEC. That's, that's what we're about. We're not the Big 12. We're not the ACC. We're not the Pac-12. We're the SEC. So when Mike says we need a nose, that's where I'm at. And when I say we need more offensive Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we have breaking news? That's where we're at. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold on. We got more segments for that. We got more segments for that to be – that's, we that, got, that's, we got, that, we'll talk about that more in a little bit. All right. All right. Just bring it back to that. So when I, when and I, I, I'll handle that later. <laughs> Cause you kind of made me less much of thought, but this is why I say maybe Chris McCullough should play more uh, because he's in the backfield, but we, we lost in the trenches and I'm going to leave it at that because I mean, we, we have to do better in the trenches on both sides of the ball. My pick last week, if you guys don't remember was Kingsley. And, and I spoke about him in my rant. He had a horrible game. Just horrible. He was in the backfield the entire game. Uh, Mike's boy, Jalen Carter, who Mike says is going to be a top five pick. I don't disagree there. Uh, when he when he played his 20 snaps, whatever it was that he was projected to play, he whipped him. And whoever else was there. It was crazy, man. So uh, we got to do better there in recruiting. Mike, what went wrong? Well, Wes's prediction for this game, because remember back in the day, I said Jalen Carter was the best player on his field. But that, that's not the year nor there. My memories just have, happen to be superb. All right. With that being said, all seriousness, what, and uh, um, I'll go um, obviously the trenches, but I'll uh, specifically go about the O line. Uh, between that, um, we 
did get some runs off, but it was just overall this penetration throughout. And, you know, they were nicked up in addition to that. So I didn't want to know what would have happened with a full strength, you know, Jalen Carter. In addition to uh, uh, next, Anthony, you guys are going to think I'm, I'm beating him up. I just, I have an uh, expectation and I need to see more from Anthony Richardson. I don't care what you want to say. He has the ability to make the plays to get at least a touchdown, you know, a score before the half. I I don't care how you, how you spin it. He had if you, if it's a run, but I'm I'm seeing too many just throws that aren't where he's he can easily make the throw that are just wide hits of dirt, sales, so on and so forth. So in my opinion, those are going to be the two major things: O line and, and ARs and accuracies. Boy, what went wrong? <clears throat> Um, a lot. Uh, Rashad Torrance went wrong a lot. Um, but hits here nor there. I just, I'm my our safety play still just baffles me. Um, but I'm not going to continue to harp that because it's been beat to death. Like Mike was saying a second ago. I mean, we just how many, many times can you talk about it? Um. Our offensive line. Well, I mean, y'all guys covered it. I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna reiterate. I mean, our offensive line just looked befuddled, to use a word of of big stature. There, um, I even saw Torrance getting back down. I mean, but again, you got Carter going one on one with you. It's a top five versus a guy that might sneak into the first round. I mean, you know, and that guy's a beast. I mean, I don't care who. You, maybe we should have had a better plan for doubling him up or something. I don't know what to tell you. Um, one of their best players goes out early, Nolan Smith, and doesn't return. I mean, a lot of disguised blitzes. I felt like we looked very confused. Our past, not just the front five, but even our running backs didn't look good in, in pass protection. Um, I, I saw Lingard in one of the plays that he was in there in the second half of the game. Uh, as soon as the ball was snapped, he ran forward to help Tarquin block his man. And linebacker came around the end, and and AR had to throw the ball away. Well, that's that's why you don't see him getting possibly as much playing time as you would like because maybe he just doesn't know his assignments because he has to wait on that man to pick up the block to give your man a, to give your quarterback a clean pocket. It's just little things, and it's but the problem is it's it's been little things. For, for every game we've lost and some of the ones we've won, just little things, just beating us up. Um, coaches have said it. I mean, coaches said it over and over again. Just one guy missing his assignment kills a whole play. Yeah. I mean, it's just we've got wow. to get moving. I mean, it's just, it's just, we got to get it right. It's just, anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and beat it up. Like I said, the game was what we thought it was going to be. I mean, I can't be upset when I knew what was probably going to happen. <laughs> I I, I want to see some improvements in some areas, and I sure thought our offensive line would be better than it is. But, guys, just just as a general train of thought before we move on, I mean, um, what what are your thoughts about all about the team going forward? Before, I mean, obviously not just this week, as we'll cover the Texas A and M game momentarily, but. 
what do we want to see? What do we want to see going forward? Um, Wes, I know Mike, you go first. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to see a start fast. Um, I've given up on certain players like Kingsley. I don't need to see him on my floor roster anymore. And um, honestly, just give me six wins. I want six wins. Actually, uh, six six wins, six or seven wins, and definitely beating Florida State. So that's all I'm looking for. Ideally, I want to see progression out of AR. I don't think that's ever going to happen. And um, but just to start fast. That's my main thing. Wes. Um. Uh, to Mike's point, we do need to get six wins so we can get more practices. Um, like the the beginning of the season, besides Vanderbilt, which we should win, through the next four games are coin flip games. We said that at the beginning of the year. I mean, you guys basically I, – I didn't say it as much as you guys, but you guys kind of hit it on that point that it, all the games, the majority of them, except for Georgia, was, were, and maybe A&M, were, were coin flip games. And this game – I mean, the, the next game takes A&M. Coin flip, USC, coin flip, Vanderbilt, we should win. Florida State, coin flip. I don't think we're that good where we should go out there and we can roll our hammers out and beat Florida State either. So uh, we got to win two out of the next four. I hope if we can win three out of the next four, that will look very – if we win all four, I, I just want to see a positive momentum going into bowl season where the team feels good, the culture feels good, the fan base feels good, and even in recruiting. All that in combining the one, you need to feel good going into December. So – uh, this last month, I need positive uh, vibes for the fan base, for the team, and just for the culture uh, in the future. Um, I just want to see us grow off the positive things that we had coming out of this game. Uh, coverage schemes looked a lot better. I, I saw a lot of things I liked. I'd like to see us continue to do that. Um, and I want to see – I want to continue to see Trevor Entian involved in every way humanly possible. I think the kid is absolutely the future. I love Montreal Johnson as well. I know he's a big, big time back, but Trevor is Trevor is electric, and he should touch the ball several more times a game than he does. Um, so, with that being said, guys, we're going to go ahead and try to move it on forward. I know that wasn't so much of a raw reaction, but it was it was our thoughts, and you know, I, I hope we echoed and touched on a lot of things that you guys were seeing and thinking. And I'm sure everybody could have watched that game and come up with tons of different things to nitpick, but you know, Damn near got that score prediction. on. Mike did Mike, Mike said 41, 23. He was, uh, he was right there. I was at 38, 24. I, Close. I thought we'd hold him under 40, and Wes, of course, picked us to win because the hype man never never says die. Never say die. All right, guys. Well, we're going to close the book on that, and we're going to move on forward. Ain't no sense looking back. So, that being said, guys, we're going to jump right on in like we do every week. We're going to talk about a few things in recruiting, starting with under the lights. We don't have a whole lot of stuff this week. Um wasn't a whole lot of information out there this week, but uh, Wes just going to run down a couple of things for us, and we're going to keep it moving because we got other big news we need to discuss. Wes? 
Yeah, appreciate it, Hurst. I'm just going to hit on two guys this week because of the time. Uh, make sure we get, you know, some guys in there with uh, recruiting uh, two of our backs. I'm excuse me, our backs. Two of our, uh, our commits. So we're going to start first with our guy, uh, one of the leaders in the class, uh, Treon Webb. Uh, he had a 74-yard TD run on the night uh, as uh, last Friday as Tristan uh, – excuse me, Tristan. Trinity Christian uh, moved to 9-0 in the season. Uh QB, uh, his QB, Colin Hurley, who we are looking at as well, uh, he was out with uh, injury for for three weeks, so Trey had to take on a load, and, and they improved uh, on the season to 9-0. Uh, our quarterback in the class, uh, Marcus Stokes, uh, continues to, to, to put up some stats. Uh, this is another week where he had three uh, rushing TDs, uh, even though his team overall lost in overtime. So big shout-out to those guys on our, our Friday night performances, uh, Treon Webb, Mark Stokes, the quarterback and running back in the class. So uh, big shout out to, to those two guys. Yes, sir. Um, not, like I said, not a whole, whole lot out there, but Treon Webb, man, just continues to be an absolute monster. Um, we really, we really got ourselves a good one with that. So guys, let's, let's jump right into the next, uh, well, let's just call it what it is. The next kick in the nuts, if you will. Um, maybe a bigger kick than the uh, than losing to Georgia this week, even. Um, guys, Cormani McLean has selected the University of Miami in a probably the most shocking recruiting move that I have ever seen. That was right up there with Marcus Stroud picking Georgia over Florida years and years ago. For those that followed recruiting back then, um. Guys, I mean, let, let's talk about it. <laughs> um, who who wants to start? Who wants to get these emotions out? Let's just get it out in, in, on the table, guys. I mean, I was shocked, obviously. Um, people I was talking to, that that was done deal for months. I followed up, done deal. Um, but then again, it was... <clears throat> Some folks they did were a little bit uneasy night um, night before, so it uh it's about the only person probably. But at the end of the day, this is like you said, another shock. I was in at the time getting a chicken tender pub sub, so I mean I was I was trying to you know, relax, you know. Shout out Publix. Fire some yeah, fire some trolls, but um that didn't happen. My phone rang a couple times, obviously. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, quite the shock um, after, you know, taking, you know, taking everything in. I'm not – I'm not sad, surprisingly. I do have emotion on it, obviously, but um, it, it kill, it's a huge hit to overall, overall class. Now, he's a very talented player, but um, and we'll talk about it in, after you guys uh, get your initial thoughts off. Um how how it's all went down, and when you take a true evaluation of the uh, what occurred, yeah, I've I've been more upset about other other players. I'll leave it at that. Wes, how you feel? <laughs> Stabbed, missed, uh, hurt, treated badly. I <laughs> I was disappointed. It bothered me, but when I looked at the totality, you know, I'm the sunshine pupper. I looked at the totality of our recruiting class. I'm like. We're straight. It wasn't like 
if we lost this guy, then we don't have any DBs in our class. We have a lot of good DBs in the class. So I had to get back to, okay, he's with the enemy. So F him. You know, if you don't want to be a Gator and you call, so call yourself a Gator fan, then uh, growing up, then you don't do what you did. Uh, we all know the backstory. I won't go any, get into it here. But if you're going to do that, then you were never truly a true Gator. So I don't have no no love lost. No, fine, whatever. Uh, there's another guy on the board that we'll get to later. But um, the DDB class didn't fall apart because we didn't get him. The reason why it kind of hurt me the most is because, like Mike said, the trolls that you wanted to get off and then to the point of, where this class has the ability to be at. Uh, we were hoping that we could eat, get to that, like, you know, to that six, seven, maybe top five mark. And that's where it stung the most, not because of the, just the talent of the guy, because of the guys we already had on the board. I was fine with that part. Uh, it just, I wanted that top five class to get close to it where, you know, we can get, you know, everybody, you know, we want to get those trolls off and talk trash. So that's where it hurt the most. You know what? You bring up something very interesting with that. And, and you've, I'm actually going to pivot off of what I was going to talk about. Um, A lot of recruiting hasn't become about being excited about your team getting better. It's more become about, oh, we get to troll our rivals. And it's happening more and more. And I blame Mike. Oh, oh, oh! I just I had to get Mike there because Mike is the resident troll of of this show. I was actually and, just told and, I was actually just told today by a um a, a unknown <laughs> fan base because apparently I I only troll their fan base and I want to say get oh my goodness no I've got examples Mike, Mike, Mike pulls no punch Mike no one is safe Mike trolls NFL fan bases college fan bases basketball franchises. Mike, equal Mike opportunities. Is, yes. Uh, Mike, Mike is an equal opportunity troll. But no, guys, all seriousness. Um, all genders. Yeah, at first I was very hurt. And then I sat there and I wondered, well, is it more because of what we needed or more because of bragging rights? Because here's the thing, and I've said it before to other people and in other places. I don't think Cormani's that kid that's going to bring other kids into your class. He doesn't have that quarterback swag. Hey, real quick, Hirsch, sorry yeah. to interrupt, and I want you to expand on that. Who's who's more who's louder in this class? Who's gonna bring more? Webb or Cormani in terms of a vocal leader? Oh, Webb okay. absolutely has from day one. From the moment Webb joined this class, Webb has been the premier recruiter. You never see Cormani talk on social media or anything. And that's fine. That's what kind of kid he is. I understand it. I'm an introverted person myself. I don't care anything about talking to groups of people and stuff like that. To each their own. Some cornerbacks like Dion are, are all flair. And then you have the Patrick Sertains of the world who don't do a lot of talking and stuff like that. You know, that that's what it is. But he's not that kid that people are going to say, oh, Carmani committed there. Now I want to go there. You want to go play with a cornerback? That's not generally how that works. <laughs> I mean, so... If you want to, if you want to get upset, if we were to lose a recruit, you know, get upset if we lose on DJ Lagway, which hopefully we don't. But I'm just saying, DJ is the kind of recruit going forward that you're going to be. That's the kid we need to be a leader of the class. Cormani, you want because he's an elite football player. Yeah, exactly. But we have, as Wes said, we've got corners on board. Jakeem Jackson is a fantastic corner. 
Do not sleep on him. Dijon Johnson. Denson. I mean, we're we're solid, and we are still – don't listen to whatever you hear. We're squarely in the mix with, with Desmond Ricks. We'll talk about him more in a second. So, with that said, we're going to put that hurt out of our heart, and we're going to move on and put some more hurt in our heart by talking about our boy, Caden McDonald. <laughs> hey, Hirsch, before you get to that, you mind if I uh, add, add a couple yeah, things? Yeah, do the old piggyback. Piggyback. Yeah, so just a little, couple of little things on Cormani I just wanted to expand on. Um, first and foremost, he's not an immediate starter, okay? He's going to – long-term, um, he's just going to lock going to Miami. Um, hey, if you want to go there, hey, more power to you. I'm not going to hate on your decision. It's your life, not mine. But he's risking a lot. Um, that's prog- like Just certain programs, you know, they're known like uh, Georgia running backs and like linebackers, for example, Florida but with corners, actually, um, USC with quarterbacks. So there's certain programs that are known to produce that. Even Miami, they're known to produce somewhat tight ends, but defensive ends, it's what, they, what they do. They don't – they're not known to produce corners. And if you go back historically, I mean, we're talking like a Kelly Jennings intro role – you, um, another one, but it's it's very few and far between, and they're not successful in the NFL. So if you're also going to a coach who's not produced high-level talent in the NFL. And last year, Muschamp was a coach. I don't care what anyone wants to think. He was coaching them DBs at University of Georgia. And Mario, he has put out big-time NFL players. Not a corner. So you're – and you're going against – you're not going to let Corey Raymond coach you up. I've said the same about Brian Hartline. If I don't want, I don't I say I don't want a kid, but it raises a lot of red flags if you don't want a Corey Raymond or a Brian Hartline type of coach to uh, co- develop you and coach you up, especially when you're in a Gator hole. Um, I know we, uh, he burned a lot of bridges. No need to get into which ones with how this was handled. I'll leave it at that. Uh. A lot in the Lakeland area. A lot of bridges. Um, this is just a, it's how it's looking. It's a lack of lo- lack of long term thinking. Let's just say he got an X amount of dollars. Florida may not may not have been there exactly, but say you're there halfway approximately. Um, where's what's a let's just say? I mean, who am I to say what's a two three million dollars? I'm not in a position to say that, but like. What if you don't even get drafted? What if you get drafted at the end of the first round as opposed to at the like a singly at top five over top five overall? That's a significant amount. What about the second contract? He's got to put 20 to 30 pounds on. He has to learn to play with that. His potential is through the roof. Okay. However, he has to learn to play with that potential. He has to have a certain mindset. All right. And then also, I mean, it does hurt us from the national perspective as well. That's where I was, you know, you want that. Ford has got the number two player in the country. That's huge. You can piggyback off that. You know, so back-to-back years, Perkins on this, you know, I do not blame the staff on this. And um, the last, last thing I'll leave it at is it kind of – you got to ask the question, is he scared of competition? Because you don't see <laughs> big time I'm, – I'm, I'm being straight up. If you would have went to Bama, hey, I don't blame you. How many big time players like this you see go to ACC? Outside let's, Clemson. Let's not let's not skip past what you just said as well. He didn't just spurn Florida. He spurned Bama as well. Do not think that it was just like Bama wasn't in this. Bama was thought possibly to be the favorite as much as two weeks ago. And I, if he goes there, guess what? 
Hey, I don't. I, I get it. You can't argue it. I'm you not can't mad argue at you. it. And I'm not gonna make. I'm not here to make a joke about the attendance, even the win loss record. But you're gonna go to ACC, and once again, <laughs> you're gonna go and pull. You're you're going on a, a hope and a prayer to get developed, because no one on that staff has shown they can develop you. And you have to gain twenty to thirty. He's a buck sixty-five, and hit the potential is through the roof. However, you still have to get developed. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, guys, we're not going to sit there. I mean, we could sit here probably and do a whole show on this, and maybe we should have. Um, <laughs> but I think we were all kind of just shell shocked. And I, if we had, we probably would have said some things we regretted at the moment. Probably just best. Um, all I can say, one last tidbit is I know there's a couple of large individuals in Lakeland that aren't very happy with the way that all went down. Um, but that's been put out there several places. I'll let you do the connecting of the dots on that. Um, like I said, guys, then we got to move on to some more heartbreak. Caden McDonald. Uh, boy, I know Mike's about to talk a lot more now. Um, boy, jeez, We said we'd hit back on the defensive Where's tackle portion of this. Man. Um, Caden McDonald on Halloween. Chose the Ohio State University. Um, boy, I tell you what, I don't know many Georgia boys that go play in the snow. It ain't, it ain't, it's not, it doesn't happen very often. Um, but here we are. All right, Mike, rant, let it all out. Um, I'm not going to truly bag on uh, chaos here. He still has another one on the board. Uh, however, he won over mom. <laughs> so, but I can't get mad when you lose the best D-line coach in the country, Larry Johnson, uh, at Ohio State. However, even if we get, let's just say, like a John Walker, John Walker's not a nose. You don't want your nose penetrating. You want your nose to eat blockers, okay? So, you're. I mean, I'm not – Let's just say you got, you know, you got Dez, you got McClellan, depending on where they want to play him. You get, Let me you ask know, you this question, Mike. What's that? Let me ask you this question. I'm going to cut you off. Deron Payne, I'm bringing these guys up because they play for Bama, and they, they play for my team, Washington, in the NFL. Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, neither one of those guys are knows, but they both play D-tackle, they both start. Can you suffice, be suffice with uh, McClellan and a walker Doing what Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne did. Neither one Deron of them. Deron Payne's not a penetrating uh, tackle. He wasn't drafted as that. You can you can look at the draft eval. He's not a penetrating tackle. Jonathan Allen is. So that's a fact. You know this. So I don't know why you brought it up. No, he is. Okay, okay. We can. That's we, that we're getting. Unless you bring me some stats to back that up. Um, but I already, I already I already know his draft profile. But we're we're, we're getting off track. Yes, you can. But you want to put your players to their full strengths. Look at Walker's stats. He's a penetrating tackle. Yeah, you you keep saying McClellan's penetrating. Okay. But end of the day, you need to protect your linebackers, especially if you're running a 3-3-5. Your job's job's not necessarily – yeah, sometimes your job will be to penetrate, but sometimes your job will be to eat blockers. Well, I need a a Desmond Watson type, maybe minus 50 pounds, to eat blockers. So no, I mean that's just how it is. And give me a give me a a, a guy next to Gerb split these reps. Okay, and it's gonna change the scheme. Now now we 
we need to at least get a developmental guy and a guy in a portal. So now we're relying on the portal for the eighth year in a row. And, it, and like, that's it. I mean, it is what it is. Who's on the board? Who's on the board that's going to be ready in two years? Nobody. To, to get, as a true nose tackle. And the guy from South Carolina, you do not like. And he is a. So who? Give me a name. You want to talk about the board? I'll give you Walker. He's not a nose. He can play nose. It's a big difference. When a lot I, of people can play slot. He's a, he can play a slot receiver, but he's better. Ex, he's better on the outside. When when I when you when you say nose, I like that guy as a, rota- a rotational guy, not a guy that I see on the field all three downs. And I think that's what you're getting at. That's why I brought up Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Or oh, I could go to Florida and and, and bring up. Uh, Dominic Easley and Sharif Floyd. Both of those guys played the tackle, but neither one were a true nose, but yet they were dominant. Uh, when you look at it like that, yeah, you want that guy when it's third and one, but I don't know if you really want, because Sharif Floyd and Dominic Easley were dominant when they played D tackle, whether it was third and one or whatever. So they didn't have to come off the field. When you have that type of guy like Desmond Watson, you don't want him on the field on third and one. So you can use that type of guy. So I don't think is as needed as you may think when you have a guy like Chris McCullen that can do the job if he's next to a guy that Dexter who's unperforming. Chris McCullen is doing what Dexter didn't do his freshman year. This guy is an absolute atom when we're saying he's playing out of position. If you get somebody next to him, that uh, a walker, however you put them on the field, if walker fills the Dexter spot or McCullen goes to Dexter spot and walker plays uh, the Chris McCullen spot, then you're good either way. So if you look at Dominic Easley and Sharif Floyd or Caleb Brantley and Jonathan Bullard or whomever, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, like I brought up, is not that big of a need as far as somebody that you want to say that you're going to play 50 snaps a game. I don't see it in two nose uh, playing. You don't, you don't want anybody in turn, in the inside to play that many snaps. Gerb, right, first, off, off the first show, when he, the snap count was like 67, he said it, it, he's done, it's going to kill him this season. And what happened? He's injured. You can't play that meaning on the inside. It's got there's too much chaos going on, no pun intended. So with that being said, <laughs> they need to they need to rotate. So yes or no, yes or no, do we have to get a guy in the portal? Let me say this. I'm gonna add something before we move on. I think we already needed a guy in the portal. That's all I was gonna say. Whether we, whether we I recruit. think I think that we were probably headed that way anyway. Because like Regardless. you said, we need we need an immediate help. Not a developmental help. We need no. somebody that can play next it's year. Argue, but you could also at the same time argue that McDonald wasn't hard. Argue wasn't didn't need that developmental. Now you have. There's no one. You can't comparable. argue that. You don't know. You don't know if any I mean, kid can step in and play next year. I mean, right. that's just I'm, you're hit or miss with any of that. Here's exactly. the thing. I will. Here's the one thing I will say. Missing on Jackson before the season and letting him go to Miami for whatever they paid for him ended up biting you in the ass. Because that he, kid right now has whiff. more sacks than anyone on our defensive huge line. Huge whiff. Um, and that's just a fact. I mean, he, he's got more sacks than any defensive lineman we had. Now he plays against the ACC talent. I mean, he, but but still, he's getting results. Yeah, not, not speaking about that. must get for me once again. About a, speaking of Chris Madonna, but he is that type of guy that gets in the backfield. You say we don't want that type of guy. You want somebody to eat up blocks, but he's a guy that almost has 30 tackles for loss. That's what he does. He's playing high he's school. Just school like Walker. Relax. He's Relax. just like Walker. There. He's the same guy. Relax. Different, All right. Different body. Don't walk. Let's, we're going we're, we're to discuss this 
until the situation is fixed. And I don't look like it's anytime soon. So let's just save yeah, it. I, mean, I, I, I don't save even know it if we I don't, I don't know if we have a nose on our well, board anymore. So. Um, one last piece of news before we move on out of recruiting and get on into the game week. Uh, Desmond Ricks this week went ahead and lined up a official visit for the first weekend in December. Um, and looks like they're, that would be the next weekend that Florida is going to pinpoint for any more official visits to be made right there before the uh, early signing day period. Um, I don't know if Rick's plans on deciding before early signing day, but that would certainly benefit us if he does, because he's going to visit LSU and Bama before that. So guys, he has a, he has an unofficial this weekend with LSU and then he's taking officially December. Oh, maybe I read that wrong. Um, Guys, is Rick's a, is Rick's a must get at this point after you miss Cremani? No, I agree. Uh, with some Cremani was Cormani was a plus one. Yeah, no. To add some context to it, because I already spoke about how our defense classes are already good. If you want the perception out there that hey, we just got another top ten guy, isn't Rick's in the top ten? If I'm not mistaken, he's a top ten guy. Top, he's top. No, he's not. He's like top fifteen. Because of the way they reclassified him. I mean, it's it doesn't matter. He was one of the yeah. top guys in the 2024 class. And I will say this. I think Ricks is built more, more that he could play next year. Exactly. If, that, if we needed him to. Yeah. He's, Ed, exactly. Yeah, That's he's a, a bigger body realizing, type. And Ricks is 100% a day one st- starter. Cromani is not a day one starter. Could he start his freshman year? Yes. Yes, and Connor covered that last week when we when we had him on the show. That I mean, does he have the talent? Yes, we already covered that. Does he have the body size? No. And the funny thing is, is even Miami fans were saying that the morning that Cormani was to commit was they didn't want Cormani. You know, and no Miami fans. I know all of you weren't saying it, but there were a couple that were like, "I don't want a hundred and sixty pound cornerback. I'd rather have you know da, 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 da. things people say when they don't think they're getting a kid." And then they end up getting him, and all those takes change. But that's it. We're going to quit talking about recruiting right now because it's making us sad, and we don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully we get some positive news coming out soon, get people, you know, much more uh, back in the recruiting spirit. Guys, one last thing before I move on. Um, Getting on – out there and trashing the Gator Collective and all of that stuff doesn't help our recruiting efforts whatsoever. I understand, um, you know, that you pay your $9.99 a month and whatever not, and everybody does, and we do our part. Um, But the Gator Collective had no part in the Cormani kind of stuff. That just, they don't. The Gator Collective does not drop bags or anything of that nature they don't sign kids to deals till they get on campus. So that's not how that works. There's other places to direct those frustrations. So let's move it on guys. It's Texas A&M week. Like we said, Mike's heading on out to college station to hit the trenches hard and hang out with the overall boys and um, that weird shit that they do. Yeah, I said it. (laughs) Mike, what you got for us on Texas A&M? Yeah, uh, good old uh, Tam U, the dumpster fire themselves. Uh, the cult. Yeah, it's definitely cult. 
yeah, so Jimbo Fisher, uh, obviously the head coach over there, he's entering his fifth season. In 2017, he signed a 10-year, $75 million contract. The team is uh, three and five, six in the SEC West with a one and four conference record. Their stadium, known um, as Kyle Field, seats a seats over 102,000 people, and their overall wearing cult members call themselves call, call themselves the 12th man. Uh, during the uh, little little tidbit there. Uh, during the South Carolina game, three freshmen uh, were suspended indefinitely. That's a, that includes a uh, cornerback Denver Harris, former five-star uh, wide receiver Chris Marshall, and offensive lineman PJ Williams. Um, this was as, as a result of a locker room incident that weekend versus South Carolina once again, and that they all hail from the quote-unquote best class ever last year. So now to go to two and two, uh, some of the stats. Offensively, they're averaging uh, 21.4 points per game. That's good for 99th in the country. Real powerhouse there. And on third down, this is going to help us. So this is going to be the battle of the worst. They're 112th in the country at a 31.4% clip. Defensively, uh, they're giving up 24.9 points a game. Good for 50th in the country. And sacks. So this is, once again, it's going to be intriguing. Best of the worst. they're good for 106 in the country at 1.4 sacks per game. But they actually are pretty good against the pass at 11th uh, in the country, giving up 181.4 yards a game. Some notable games they've played so far. I think a lot of folks, especially Hirsch, uh, recall this. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the game out of state, you know, 16 half point underdogs. They, Mike's they, greatest uh, moment since we started this podcast. This possibly <laughs> life. Uh, they lost the App State at home, fourteen to seventeen. Arkansas, they won, and that was a uh, a last minute field goal, uh, twenty three to twenty one. I think Arkansas missed that one actually. And they uh, had a tough game against at Bama. Played very well, uh, but horrible uh, call in that game. Uh, they lost that game twenty to twenty four. They're currently in the midst of a four-game losing streak. Uh, Mississippi State, it's going to be lost one there. Sorry. Uh, some of the teams there, it's going to be Mississippi State, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. Oh, and, and Alabama. My apologies. Now, for the impact players, their running back is an absolute stud. Devon, I'm going to butcher this. At chain, he's rushed Ooh. for 765 yards on the season, Ooh. 5.4. Yards, uh, an average, an average for touchdowns. Now, here's a kicker passing. He's a second leading receiver at 33 uh, receptions, 195 yards, and two touchdowns. Their wide receiver, Evan Stewart, yeah, rest in peace, 30 receptions, 478 yards, two touchdowns on the season. Second, um, they have a couple of receivers as well, but the next one's going to be Moose Muhammad, the third, 23 catches, 342 yards, three touchdowns. Couple, their two of the best uh, defenders are going to be Chris Russell Jr., 52 total tackles, two and a half sacks, a pass defended. And lastly, defensive back Jordan Gilbert, 52, 52 tackles. Again, four passes defended, but two interceptions. So they definitely have playmakers on both sides of the ball. As for injuries, they're fairly uh, healthy heading into the game. Yep. Um, guys, anything about – 
I mean, you want to discuss about Texas A&M before we move on to Florida? I mean, anything that stands out to you, Mike? Obviously, you just hit on some really good info, but. Um, I will be talking about a little bit later. Just one player I want to highlight, and this is why I think, you know, uh, it's going to be the difference in the game. Haynes King. He has the past couple of games. He's definitely progressed. I'll give him that. Played decent at Bama, but he's played, he's looked every bit of a true freshman this year. So every game this season, excluding um, the, but yeah, the games he's played because he did get benched, um, excluding Sam Houston State, he's sixty-one of uh, one eleven for five hundred seventy-seven yards, three touchdowns, four picks. So that's in four games. So in four games, he's had four losses. Well, I guess it's a good thing he's not playing quarterback anymore. <laughs> They've got the freshman wonder kid now is starting. Freaking kid. I hope we don't make him look like a superstar this week. Wes, what you got thinking? Uh, any 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 thoughts on A&M before we move on? Yeah, just a couple thoughts. Maybe just one. Something I've been telling Mike for the last two years just before we started the podcast. Uh, shout out to our boy Swamp. He knows I've been saying this as well. Uh, Jimbo is, yeah, Jimbo is garbage. You already know what I was about to say. I've been telling Mike this, Jimbo ain't it. Football is, seems like it's passed him by as far as offensively. He's not that good, and the proof is in the pudding. Um, yeah, man, I mean, they looked a lot better with uh, the new quarterback last week. Um, ah. Hopefully we can we can get some confusion on the kid and maybe I mean it would be the first time this year I think we've done that but you think they stick with him? Kid threw four touchdown passes last week. I mean, all right. I, I, all right. I, I, know, I know Jimbo plays a little musical chairs. That's why I wanted to add Haynes King there. But well, I mean, who did they play for him to throw that? That that's you have to look at like like who they're playing as well too. I mean, this is so Miss. I mean, they played Ole Miss. They played a they played a ranked team. Vanderbilt scored on Ole Miss. That's why I said that because I Ole understand Miss, that. Yeah. I understand their defense, but I mean, our defense ain't ain't nothing. To, <laughs> I mean, it's not I like I can't that. trash Ole Miss's defense when we're no, looking good at point. Ours. Yeah, I just want to get out. You know, <laughs> to get, get a staff. Yeah, you're right, team. and and he may he may absolutely. You never know with Jimbo. He's moving like that. I, I, I Jimbo to his credit. He did say before the season that Connor Wegman, Weg Wagman is W E I G M A N. Wagman, he was he was he was all in on this guy. So uh we'll see what Connor can do. Hopefully, I'll speak to this later in, in my, my pick my my things for the game. But uh he was highly recruited. Uh he's a true freshman, so we we'll see. All right, guys, let's move on and talk about some UF news and Man, I'm telling you, this this was a week. I, sheesh. But this one, I don't know if it's a hit or not. I mean, is it immediately? Yes. But um, it came out early in the week, right out of nowhere. Brenton Cox, uh, defensive end or jack linebacker, as they like to call him, that transfer five former five star recruit that came over from UGA, was dismissed from the team. I mean, you talk about something that absolutely just dropped out of the sky. Um, I, Bill, I don't know if Billy's trying to send a message. Now I had heard, um, in few places that 
Cox, quote unquote, did something to a coach you can't do. I don't know if that means he pushed him, he hit him, maybe called his mama a name. I mean, you know, I, I really don't know what that is because I don't have the specifics on it. But it's pretty obvious here that Billy Napier decided he needed to go ahead and send a message, and and he didn't hesitate to do so, and did it with a, I mean, a fairly important piece to the defense. What are our thoughts on Brenton Cox being dismissed from this football team, and what is it? Fat. What is it? What does it do? Cut the fat. Uh, obviously, I want I want him for the stretch run. He's, he's a talented football player. We're down a starter. One of the better one of one of better, most talented players on the team. That's without a doubt. However, you know, if you let one bad apple, you see how this team's fighting. But if you let one bad apple say you can make the whole uh, bunch rotten. So I'm glad what happened happened. If if in your first year you, you you're trying to build a culture, trying to have uh, your freshmen, your sophomores understand what you're doing, and if he did what some of the things that we kind of heard of what was out there that he did. This is how you instill that culture. This is how you uh, foster uh, what you're trying to implement in in, in the team, man. Uh, you do what you have to do. Uh, we kind of want to see some of the young guys. That, that there's no secret that Britton Cox was going to be here next year. So now we get to see some more, maybe some more young guys, and, and see what they are capable to do. But because Cox was playing basically, so now we see. Is it too, is it too late to trade uh, him and? Um, Pogle again? No, I don't know. I don't know, man. That's what pretty much happened. Apparently, uh, I guess the joke goes down that in the end, Brenton Cox couldn't contain himself. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! I got dad jokes for days, boys. No, that's pretty good. (laughs) I like that one. Can't get Um, on the depth chart, Cox is replaced by Antoine Powell as the starter. Played very um, well with so. with man's uh, with Mike's man, um, Lloyd Summerall, backing him up. Mike, Mike's a big Summerall fan. If y'all didn't know, uh, send him send him questions. He knows everything. <laughs> but Powell has Powell has played really well, and I don't. I mean, honestly, he, he can't. I don't want to say that Cox has played bad because he absolutely has not played terrible, but he's not going to play much worse. I I just don't think it's going to happen. I think, you know, Powell can definitely provide, I think he'll provide more, more, a more coachable effort than Cox does. Maybe so, but you have, you're going to rotate me now. Lloyd Summerall's playing. That's like, that's what it's going to come down to. Unfortunately, Lloyd Summerall is not a good football player. See, I knew I'd bait him into it. I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll say, I don't care. I'm sorry. He could be a nice guy. I'm sure he's a great. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, I wish I was wrong. I've been right since he signed with us. Oh I God. said, if he sees the field, we have a problem. Well, Houston, we have a problem. Mm-mm-mm. Well, like I said, hopefully, um, Hopefully it sends the right message to these boys that, um, you know, you're either on board or you're not. Um, at that point, Brenton Cox went ahead and declared for the NFL draft. Um, Godspeed to him. Wish him the best. I like and all how that good stuff. It. Huh? I'm a fan of how he handled it. 
Yes, that could have been a very ugly public yeah. scene, and he you handled it like a professional. But he knows his. He also knows how he handles it from that point forth as being scrutinized by anybody in the draft. So you're, you're right. right. I mean, you're right. Um, guys, let's talk about a few injuries. Uh, Billy had his press conference right before we went on the air. Discussed a few things earlier in the week. It was room. Uh, someone was put out there that. Keon Zipper was going to be out for the rest of the season, but Billy was asked specifically about that at his press conference. And he said that was not the case that he did have a little bit of a knee problem, but it wasn't something that was a long-term injury. Um, Now that might just be coach speak. And it may be one of those things you see getting dragged out each and every week. And he just doesn't come back. But Billy kind of laughed that off and made it sound like we'd see zipper again. Um, Tight end room continues to shrink though. Um, so that to me is an issue for sure. Um, some, some, we finally get an update on, uh, Devin Moore, who's not played, uh, since the Tennessee game pretty much. Um, Billy said that Devin Moore had shoulder surgery this morning. It was a pre-existing injury that he had even coming in. Um, and that he had, he had been trying to play through it. Usually a surgery like this sounds like he maybe have had some, uh, bone spurs or something like that up in there, maybe some chips or whatever, and they had to remove it and clean up his shoulder. They said he hopes to have him back and ready for uh, off-season work. So Devin Moore's season in is uh, over. Um, now, something that maybe hurts us even more a little bit going into this game, our boy, friend of the show, Justin Shorter, who uh, pulled up a little bit lame in the Georgia game, is dealing with a hammy issue and is a game-time decision. Um, I think we usually know how these kind of things go. Um, even if he gives it a go, he's not going to be a hundred percent. This might be a chance for some younger guys like, uh, Marcus Burke to get some shine. Um, I know Marcus was in late in the, against Georgia and, uh, had a catch. Um, young guys got to step up, man. Guy goes down, young guys up. This is your time to prove yourself. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Um. And finally, uh, Scooby Williams is listed as questionable on the depth chart with a uh, lower body injury. So I don't know if Scooby will play or not, but that is another piece. Our linebacker room is getting thinner by the day. Um, Going to be some chances maybe for Wingo to play and, and show what he's got. And in my opinion, Williams is our only linebacker backup. Shamar, Shamar. Oh, my my apologies. I'm I'm blanking. I'm blanking. My apologies. But we only have the two. So now we're down to one. I'm not counting black or Mike needs a nap. I do. All right, guys. Let's get off some of this sorrow stuff and let's move it on up a notch. It's time for our pick six every week. You know, we drop the pick six. Six. Six things overall, three that the Gators need to avoid to win and three things the Gators need to do to beat Texas A&M. Yes, I said those in reverse, but that's all right because we're going to cover them anyway. So, guys, three things, one thing each. What do the Gators need to do to beat Texas A&M? Wes, hit us with it. (laughs) Yeah, before before I say that, I want to say something about the injuries. We've came a long way from um, Muschamp and, like, having a 1,000 injuries at when we were just four there on the list, <laughs> but we used to have injuries like twenty people out. It's Anywho, been a healthy season. It's been yeah. a healthy season. Um, but back to to your question, uh, I'm going to go win the trenches. 
and that goes for both sides. Offensive line, defensive line, we've got to win the trenches. Uh, I believe Texas M does have a great, uh, a pretty good defensive line. We'll see a guy that we tried to recruit last year in Walter Nolan. Uh, he plays a pretty good – he gets a lot of rotation in. Uh, I'm not sure if he starts or not, but I do see him a lot when I see Texas M on the field. He's, he's, he is as advertised. Uh, I wish we had him in this – this last year class, we could have got him, but uh, the kid is the real deal. So, interesting to see how um, Kingsley bounces back this week. He's going to start. There's no way around that. Uh, he's going to be there, and he has to hold up his own against that defensive line. Because I watched Nolan to see what we would have gotten uh, when I watched Texas and him, and, and the kid flashes. Uh, just like I say, uh, Chris McCullough flashes, he flashes just like Chris does. So, uh, that's going to be something we have to do. And, uh, hopefully ETN can, can break one loose and, and, and we can, he can get, he can see some daylight. Mike, things that, what are the, what do the Gators need to do to beat Texas A&M? I'll keep it simple. Stop the run. Got one of the better, uh, running, actually just better stop that running back. He's uh, one of the better, arguably the most complete running back in the SEC. Um, between, um, as I alluded to earlier, with his uh, 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 number two on the team in um, receptions and his uh, yards per carry, so he definitely gets gets the job done. I think if we once again contain him, like we did, like Bowers uh, last uh, last week. Obviously, different positions, but just uh, as a player in general, I'll go. Uh, Far away for us to win. Um, mine is a little different. It's not so much a certain thing we need to do on the field, but um, given all that's happened and, and where we are in this season, <clears throat> and in light, you know, in lieu of the Brenton Cox situation, I think we need to come together as a team, man. I think these guys need to just to realize that this is the make or break run right now. We are, we are entering it um, to whether this season will be a success or considered by fans and you know how we, they are. I mean, we are all of us a failure. Um, if you look at it real quick, we have, I mean, the college football playoff rankings just came out. We've four losses and three of them are the top 10 teams. Whether you consider LSU a top 10 team, that's, that's whatever. But we have three losses, and three of them are the top ten teams. And the Kentucky game, we all know we should have won, and we just pissed it away. It is what it is. So this team has been remarkably close. Now, once again, we don't take moral victories here. But this is a point, man, where you got to say, guys, we're, we're, we're close. We just got to. We just need a few breaks to far away. Don't let things get down. If they go out and score a touchdown, go out there and, and get one back. Stop them next time. I need this team to come together as a as a unit all the way around and just pick each other's up when when things get tough like they have been. And and I think we can beat these guys. All right, guys. Three things we need to avoid against Texas AM to get us a W. Mike. AR throwing a ball into the dirt. Um, in all seriousness, we uh, if he's a, if he's accurate, I think we uh, it'll uh, turn into us starting fairly fast, you know, and, and turning into keeping the crowd out of it and just uh, taking home the dub. 
two straight games, no turnover, uh, no interceptions for AR. I mean, I know that's not like we should be bragging about that. No, I think no, it's progress. It's all about progress. It's all about progress. Just wanted to bring that up. Thanks. Shout out to uh, Gator Dave for uh, I saw he had put that stat out there today, and it just caught caught my eye. Wes, what do we need to avoid against Texas A and M? Not have uh, this true freshman Connor Wingman looking like a Heisman candidate. I don't want to see another quarterback looking like he's the next thing, the, the next big thing, like he's about to be a first round pick. Even though this kid may be a first round pick because he is highly recruited, but he's playing for Jimbo, so maybe not. Um, but uh, we need to, to to make him look like a true. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You, you mean first yeah. round picks he's yeah. got? And you know how many it looked like nothing, but anyway, <laughs> first round pick. Um, um, anyway, <laughs> just have the kid look like, have him look like a true freshman. I mean, I know it's late in the season. A lot of times we say that if it's this late in the season, you're really not a freshman anymore with like four games to go, but the kid hasn't played enough to, to, to have that. That's usually for other players like a receiver, D lineman, linebacker, a corner, whoever's out there has played a lot of football. He hasn't played a lot of football. So uh, I need Tony to disguise some things, maybe blitz some more, confuse the kid. And make him look like the true freshman that he is. Absolutely, I can't can't disagree with any of that. Um, mine kind of piggybacks off of what I said on my last segment. I mean, it, you can't have a mental letdown. You lost Georgia last week. Now you got to go on the road. You know, never easy in the SEC, especially not easy going that far from home. Texas A and M, violent crowd. Last time we played there, they shook us. Um, uh, that would be the game uh, our man, uh, formerly known as uh, Marco, got undressed in that game. Um, just bad things happen when you go out there to College Station. Got to be mentally strong. Got to stay up. Um, like Mike said, don't let the crowd get into it. Take them out of it. No turnovers. Just stay up, man. Something goes wrong. You can't fold, but this team doesn't do that. So that's that's one thing that. You can't do it now, man. Got to keep staying playing tough, guys. Any uh, anything in general, y'all? You know, we want to talk about before we move on. Any any, you know, things we just want to kick around. Uh, I would say, uh, how do you guys feel about the the play calling on the offensive side of the ball? Here's what I'm going to say to that, and this is just kind of what I've been told and kind of witnessed. Um, I went and looked at a lot of stuff that Billy ran at Louisiana Lafayette. We're not running a lot of stuff. Bingo. Bingo. ASU and Clemson add that we're, as well. We're not running. I mean, it looks like we're running half the playbook. I, I just – I was actually – somebody brought it up, and I had not gone and watched a whole lot of Louisiana Lafayette. I just hadn't. Um, lazy work by me. Um, I said, well, let me go check some of that out. And I was like, we never run that play. Oh, we don't ever run that play. Well, that's a different look to a play we run, but we don't do it. Why don't we do it? And then you it all comes back to one thing, and I know where Mike is going with this. At the end of the day – it's what your quarterback can soak in, comprehend, and then transcribe to the field. Is that the issue? I don't think it's the whole offense. I mean, 
I don't know, guys. I, I don't. I know. I know that's probably your opinion of the matter. I. I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't the full. It, that was part of it. But the main AR is not fully to blame. Our receiving core. It's. It's not the best that I'm aware of. The old line. Uh, it's not Kingsley's. Besides Kingsley, it's. It's not bad. So, but. I think it's collectively it's just a bad mix for what he wants to run at the end of the day. So um we've said it, we've said it over and over again though. Yeah. I mean we've said it for weeks. So I think puzzle people, pieces. Yeah, I think uh, just you know to end it really quick on my end. I just think people need to realize get their thought, oh, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he doing that? Like you don't think a lot of times he can. He literally can. You know, he can't hammer, you know, he can't. Hammer a nail without a nail, you know. It's just, it's just, you know, he doesn't have all, all the tools. Now, I will say this, and Wes, I know you might have something to add to this, and I want to say it before before I forget it. I will say he does run some puzzling things in situational football. Actually, um, some runs, some like run plays on third and long. That, yeah, that's that uh, is an, yeah. And maybe your thought process is yes, I'm setting it up to go for it on fourth down. But even the run play doesn't match that philosophy to me. Like that could that could be lack of trust of, of a certain player, and it absolutely could be. Or running, once again, I'd have to see a further out breakdown of a play. But like it's third and six, and we're running a four yard drag. I know your day, thought process is you want your guy to fight for yards and things of that nature, but I just don't feel like. And once again, it may go back to confidence in a player. I don't feel like we're aggressive in certain situations. That should be aggressive. And we said last week, this was a balls out game. I hate to go backwards, but this was supposed to be a game that you kind of let the balls hang out on plays. And we didn't really, really do that. All right. All right. However, we can all agree Billy Napier is methodical on everything he does, correct? Very much so. So why wouldn't it be play calling? Like there's a, there's a method. So end of the day, whatever you want to say about Georgia, it was a 20 to 20 ball game. No matter what you want to say, yeah. In the third quarter, so Wes, what you want to add, man? Now that we've probably rocked you to sleep. Nah, I mean, <laughs> there are some great points that I won't jump into because it made the conversation longer. Uh, it's a combination of everything. Basically, we need more talent everywhere, including uh, the quarterback position. If that's not there, but I, I think is everybody: the receivers, the line, playmaker. They all. Yeah, they're not there. And even some blame to Billy. I know we copied on him for weeks about the wide receiver screens. I was I didn't see those. But then the play that he hit shorter on is what I would like to see more of. If you just give AR a one reroute and say we're going deep to shorter or Henderson or Ricky, I don't care who it is. If you run a if you if they're playing man uh, because they play a lot of man because of AR's ability to run the ball. And you want to have people in the box and, and stop trying to stop our run. Even when you do uh, uh, 21 personnel, you have Ricky in the slot and you run the wide receiver flayed out of that. Just simplify it. You're going to Ricky one on one, wide receiver flayed out of the slot. That's there. Or the Justin Shorter, go route. Just go. Just do that. I want to see more just shots because to me, that's AR strength as far as throwing the deep ball. If you don't want to have him read all the stuff that, that you guys, uh, Alluded to well, if, if that's his, his issue, I would like to see more go rounds because he has a, he's a great touch on his deep ball. 
Well, we'll see what he pulls out of the hat this weekend. Like I said, we're entering that last stretch and everything's on the line. But like Mike also said, Billy's a methodical guy, and I don't think he's going to take the train off the tracks just to, to try to win some. He's not here for one year. No, and that people, and that's where I was going to go, that. despite whatever Chris uh, Mark Long thinks. Um, mm-hmm. He's not here for one year. Um, Loser. You don't you don't jeopardize your long term plan just to win a couple of meaningless games in year one. Um, honest, obviously, we'd love to make a bowl game that that would make a huge difference as far as practice reps for the young guys. But you still have to stick to your structure and show your team that you don't lose your cool when things get tough. Unlike the last guy that was here who did that quite a bit, and you saw where that took us. All right, guys. Um, Impact Player of the Week. Wes, who you got? Go on, my guy. Seven. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to pull a Skip Bailey, y'all. Same Seven same. from heaven. Same Seven same. from heaven. Chris McCullough. Seven from Woo. heaven. I need – Mike says we have to stop the run. It starts with number seven. Seven you from still, heaven. I'm going to do a – I'm going to stole – I'm going to steal uh, Skip Bailey's Michael Parsons, 11 from heaven, and I'm going to go with seven from heaven. Need that guy in the game. He needs to play more, and we need to stop running back and make that freshman look like a freshman. End of story. Mike, um, just forgive me for what I'm about to say. No, you're not. You're not about to say what I think you're about to say. I can't believe it. Mari Burney. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Never mind. I thought you were you were gonna throw up the donut for a second there, but anyway. Oh boy! I'm not that tired, bro. I, I um, wouldn't. Hey, when I, I with COVID, I wouldn't have done that. All right, I'm going with Trevor Intian. I think we saw it this week. Trevor is a Trevor man. That kid, we didn't really hit on it a whole lot, but it, it it's quite clear. I know we said it for weeks, but even against elite talent on the other side of the ball, the kid continues to shine when he gets the ball in his hands. I watched the game with uh, a couple of big time UGA boosters that are family. Um, shout out to them; they know who they are. They'll get a kick out of me saying that. Um, and even they were hey, both like, quick, "Man, quick. that kid." Yes. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I might. Oh, I'm, I'm so, um, they they just couldn't get over how electric that kid when when the ball hit his hands and his ability just to create something out of nothing. So I'd like to see Trevor get some more touches one way or another in this game and and just start to really put some more impressive plays on the on the highlight reel. Go ahead, Wes. Yeah, just a yes or no question. You guys think Bernie might have a chance to make one of the SEC all uh, all American teams? Yes. You mean all SEC teams? Yeah. S- uh, first, second, or third team? Yes. I doubt Baker. it. He's put up some numbers, Hurst. Like that's why I was asked. That's why I thought this was yes or no. Oh, uh, you know what? He may sneak on that third team. He may. He may. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'd have to look at like I don't linebacker is one of those positions, especially like where he plays that you just. You know, is is he ahead of Ventrell? I think they both might make it. He has the he has the sacks and the interceptions now. I think he has two interceptions on the year. 
He has a lot of um, he's a lot of uh, wow stats. Like what's the thing? He's really he may he may have snuck himself in there with these last couple of weeks. Yeah, that he's definitely done enough to to warrant much more eyeball than I would have thought earlier. And these uh these next games, a lot of turnover prone quarterbacks. Like one, and and if you look, and if you look at the games that he made the plays, Utah people watch that game. Georgia people watch that game. He had back to back turnovers, yeah. the interception and the formal. Uh, he also uh, had the fourth fumble, the freaky Bowers play, but that wasn't he. Yeah. That was absolutely out of his hands, literally yeah. and figuratively. Um, <laughs> props to that kid, though, man. We we've said this before. Props to Amari Bernie, man. He has really allowed himself to be coached and adjusted himself to the system, and and has really improved himself even you know since week one when he had the game saving interception but was a you know a victim most of the you know that game he's how i hope anthony richardson turns out he's how like many people on like many people on this defense we would have hoped both our safeties would have done that as well but you know they're the flip side of that tune out be headstrong be you know tune out the outside noise and just get better because if you're not never mind uh, anyway, guys, <laughs> um, let's get a score prediction, guys. Let's 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 see where we think we are this week. I think we're all going to come back to positivity this week. Mike, uh, here, thirty-two to twenty, Gators. Wes, that's a lot of points, Mike. Texas M has a pretty good defense. I'm gonna say twenty-four twenty. Yeah, I'm going 27-23. I, I, it's going to be a tight one. Um, it's going to be one of those. It, hell, that might be one of those games that's like some crazy score like 15-10 going into the fourth quarter, and then both teams are kind of worn down and some points get put on the board. It tends to go you know, how it goes with us. Hey, big shout-out, guys. We didn't even notice it, but thanks to Wes for only picking one player of the week this week. Um <laughs> That's real growth. He's he's shown Amari burning like growth this week on the podcast. I'm trying. <laughs> you thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. <laughs> I'm block, I'm blocking out the outside noise. Yeah, block it out. <laughs> Just getting better or something. Stealing a man's code. All right, guys. That'll do it all for the for the breakdown of the game this week. Michael be in the trenches, like we said, guys. Make sure you're following along on our uh, YouTube page and on our Twitter page and our Facebook. We run threads there to kind of keep things um, updated as Mike send us, sends us material um, from hostile territory. All right, guys. With that being said, it's time for the weekly pickums. And, boy, we hit a rut last week, man. Everybody hit a little bit of a rut. Things were looking good on the first four games we picked. We were all hitting pretty strong, except Mike picking uh, Michigan State to win. I think he meant in the after uh, after the game they were going to win. He was, oh. hey, I, didn't say, hey, I didn't say we won the game. Mike picked, Mike was picking them to actually win in oh, the we, trenches. We won, baby. We won. Mel Tucker slapping fans and helmets getting swung. Ah. All right. So that being said, Hirsch was six and four last week, and these two guys both went five and five because, of course, they did. Um, 
That gets me 61 and 29 on the year, and both of these guys at 56 and 30. They keep trying, but they can't make it up. Mike's looking square eyed at me. Mike's got math doesn't add up, but we'll talk about this. Math doesn't add up. Y'all were tied last week. Talk about it later. Math doesn't add up. We're good, though. What do you got on the pickums? Oh, the math doesn't add up. I screwed up somewhere, guys, but I'm still leading by five games. We'll figure it out. I see where Mike's talking about. Yeah, me too. My eyes ran together, but it don't matter. They're still losing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Game one, biggest game of the weekend. Um, I don't know if who I want to cheer for, uh, but it's probably uh, Asteroid. Tennessee at UGA. Yeah. Mike. Tennessee by double digits. That's a strong pull. Have you seen Stetson Ben play football? Mike is finally on the Josh Hypo train with me. You know what? I'm not, I'm not on it. I'm just saying. We got an 85 year old quarterback, and <laughs> you can act, well, actually athletic. You already know who I'm going with, Harris. Yep. I'm going with UT that, I'm not, not going with that sucker. UGA. Oh, wow. Kirby's going to summon the ghost of Nick Saban. <laughs> And um, t- tell get his team hyped up on being disrespected in the meaningless college football playoff ranking week one rankings with Tennessee being number one in the country, and and Sanford and the spiked pad wearing guys are going to come out of nowhere and it's it's going to be a bloodbath. No, I'm just kidding. It'll probably be a really close game, but I got to go with UGA, man. I'm picking them. All right, Alabama. At LSU, speaking of the ghost of Nick Saban. Mm. Roll, roll Tide. Keep roll Tide, Wes says. He doesn't even need to talk about it. Nah. Mike? How has how has Bama historically played against scrambling quarterbacks? Not well. And uh, last thing, their receivers are a lot better than their um, – LSU's receivers are a lot better than Bama's DBs. I got LSU. Mm-hmm. LSU's about to come out the West. That's the yeah, game I that, got on both of This is the time of year where Bama just starts to make that run. Um, okay. <clears throat> Jamar Gibbs continues to booster his uh, candidacy for the Heisman Trophy in this game. Even though it's hending hookers to lose right now, I got a feeling. But – uh. I got. I, I think Mr. Gibbs is a dark horse. Give me Bama. All right. Now we get into a just disgusting slate of games because this weekend sucks. Texas at Kansas State. Boy, we picked against Kansas State last week to lose to Oklahoma State, and they took an absolute woodshed beating out on Oklahoma State, forty-eight to nothing. Um, <clears throat> Mike. K State. Yeah, I thought so. I don't trust you. You don't trust Texas later in the season. Wes, same thing. Going with the wild Wildcats, right? Yep. Fighting Bill Snyder Wildcats, yep. baby. 
Yeah, God ain't blessing Texas this week, baby. K-State. Oh, boy. All right. This is a historically uh, interesting game. Clemson at Notre Dame. That's a Notre long Dame road is. trip for that's a long road trip for Clemson. Yeah, Notre Dame is gonna feeling kind of good about themselves over there, uh, but I, I hate everything about Notre Dame. I have no reason why I do. I just hate them. Like I hate Georgia, so I'm going with the Tigers. Mike, going with the team with the best player in the field, Will Shipley, Clemson. <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, I'm struggling with it. Notre Dame, after looking like trash earlier, has really picked it up. But um, but yeah, uh, Clemson just outmatches them talent wise. I got a feeling, especially with that defensive line Clemson has. I think they're going to eat. Yeah. Um, we probably see. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if um, DJ Anamanapia gets benched again and they bring in the the young guy, but. It don't matter, Clemson. All right. We don't like them, but we're going to talk about them. FSU at Miami. Miami squeaked out an absolute overtime thriller in four overtimes, 14 to 12. Yes, I said that correctly. Um, Because we said we weren't picking them anymore, and there they are. Mike, where do you think this is going? I don't care who the quarterback is in Miami. FSU is going to run for over 200 yards and – um, they're winning this ball game. Wes? I'm going with Mike's namesake. I refuse to say the name of the school. <laughs> Mike's named after Norvell. That's, I think, that's pretty much like the same age. <laughs> but I can bench 225. <laughs> he can braid his hair. <laughs> I <Or he> could. <laughs> oh, man. And you can't wear no hoodies around him. Um, yeah, man, I think Travis is going to have a huge game. And that daggum receiver for FSU, I wouldn't be surprised if that kid put up 200 yards receiving against these damn DBs from Miami. Um, Pittman? Yeah, Pittman. No, that, yeah, the one that wants to go routes. Wilson. Oh, got it. Got it. A, 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 ASU transfer. Seven, Pittman, the, the Pittman's pretty good, Seven monsters. Yeah. No, I was talking about is pretty good. I like Pittman. Michael Pittman, he's a good compliment to that kid. But that daggum – Wilson kid, man, Johnny six Wilson, seven. I think. Yeah, he's a matchup nightmare. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I'm still, I'm worried right now how we're gonna cover that kid. Um, Burn. all right. This probably wouldn't even been a, you know, we wouldn't have considered this much of a pick a few weeks ago. But Kentucky at Missouri. Mm. Boy, that's fun. Go ahead, Mike. Missouri. Oh, you wanna, you wanna know why? I mean, Will Levis is bad at football. <laughs> I'm just glad the nation saw it last week. Wes. Missouri is cooking up something. I'm, I'm, I, Cause I thought USC had a chance to finish the season strong until they go to their orange crush, which is Florida, Tennessee, Clemson. They usually crumble when they USC, when they do that, I call it the orange crush down here to mess with USC fans. <laughs> but, uh, Heard I'm going to go first, with Missouri. Yeah. yeah, the Orange Crest. USC always loses to Tennessee, Florida, Clips. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Kentucky. And I'm not going with Kentucky because Will Levis, who is bad at football. But Rodriguez, Rodriguez is looking like a beast right now. I think if this is a battle of running backs, I will give them that on his legs. 
Um, that kid's special. I think he'll be playing for somebody on Sundays next year. Um, I'm just taking Mizzou because they're home. That's give me nice. them in a in a matchup that probably looks like just an ugly, just nasty, ugly football game. It could be six three for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Baylor Bears at Oklahoma. Wes. Baylor. Oh wow. Mike. In the in my Mike I, just, I, I seriously can't pe- pick Oklahoma right now. Okay. Go go Bears. <laughs> I've mentioned before I'm contractually obligated to pick Baylor in all matchups because my sister went to school there, but uh I'm hedging on my contract and I'm going with Oklahoma this week. Ah, oh, remember that. I remember that. She could suck it. I need this lead. I gotta keep the lead. <laughs> That's two games, man. I think we can come back two games, man. All right. Let's head out west to the to the Pac-12 where they play horrible football and check in on the Oregon State Beavers at the Washington Huskies. Wes. <laughs> you had to pick this game, huh? Another game yes. you could have picked. <laughs> We're both six with, and two. Pick it. <laughs> I'm going with the Huskies, man. They're home. I'm going with the home team. Mike. Yeah, uh, Michael Penix. And, uh, oh, and the Huskies. Man. I'm going with the Huskies too at home. If this, if this was if this was in uh, Oregon, you know, at Oregon State, I would have picked them. But man, nah, we we picked against. Uh, yeah, I got burned. I got burned once. Yeah, when Michigan State went up there, we picked them to win, and then Washington woodshed them boys. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Huskies. I I like Washington, man. All right. South Carolina at Vandy. This is how bad the games are this week. Upset, Mike. This is upset pick. Will Mike pick a quarterback out of Arizona? Yes, your turn. Will Mike pick an Arizona quarterback against – um, I'm gonna. I'm Georgia not gonna pick Tech a quarterback from Arizona. I'm gonna pick a coach uh, from a coaching tree. Beamer. <laughs> I love the new and unique ways Mike finds to pick USC weekly. <laughs> Go ahead, Wes. I know you're a big time Carolina fan. I'm gonna pick uh, Clemson's little brother. <laughs> God Almighty, <laughs> damn. If they lose this week, then we should we we, we should even be a podcast next week. Go ahead. <laughs> they, <laughs> Going with the cock commanders. <laughs> Boy, they missed a real opportunity to pick that for their damn mascot's nickname. All right, one more. We hit up Tobacco Road for a ACC basketball. I'm sorry, football matchup. Wake Forest at NC State. Give me Wake. West. I love the quarterback from Wake. The quarterback from Wake is really, really good. I think he might he probably might get drafted maybe in the late rounds next yeah, year. They got smoked round. last weekend, too. Yeah. Yeah. NC um, State doesn't have a quarterback. I mean, maybe West can dress, but um, I think they may seriously lose out. Uh, I, I got Wake. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Wake as well, just because of the quarterback factor. And Wake lost last week, so they'll – Probably play a little more inspired this week than last. I would certainly hope so. All right, guys. That will about wrap it up. 
like we said, we had a jam-packed episode, man, but we tried to keep it condensed and get hit all the points for you guys. Um, anything y'all want to add before we jump? Mike? No, I'm just going to go to bed dreaming about a nose tackle because I know I'm not going to get one. That's not healthy. And Bateman's got us. Mike's going to bed dreaming about 300-pound men. I'm a little concerned. That's undersized. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Guys, before I throw it to Wes, I just want to remind y'all once again – uh, uh, download. Go ahead and out and download us. We're available wherever you get your podcast from, and all major providers. And uh, make sure you once again check out our YouTube page at Respect Our Decision. Make sure you subscribe to the channel and like every video. It helps us a tremendous amount, and it doesn't cost or you know take anything to do so. Just hit subscribe. If you don't even have a YouTube channel, you know sign up for one and give us a subscribe just to help us out. We'd appreciate it because we begging like that. Anyway, <laughs> always, guys, make sure if you want to support us as creators, you visit our Patreon at Respect Our Decision. Each and every dollar, as I mentioned, goes back into the show. We don't keep anything for ourselves. We do this for the love of the Florida Gators and um, just our love to sit down and talk about it and, you know, get y'all's feedback. We we thrive on on the growth that we've shown and all your support, and it's been tremendous, and it's keeping us going even when, you know, We've gone through some tough weeks here just to be able to know that we could bring y'all some content that maybe people will listen to and get your hopes and dreams back up. (laughs) With that being said, guys, as always, I'm going to kick it to my man, Wes. Wes? Yeah, appreciate it, Hirsch. Thank you, guys. Again, uh, I reiterate everything Hirsch said, and uh, we apologize. We didn't do the podcast on Sunday yet. uh, reiterating what we said at the beginning of the show, but we will take uh, a couple questions on our Twitter and our Facebook page. Uh, we ask, you know, when we, uh, if you guys have anything you want to talk about, we'll try to pick a few that we may answer on the podcast. Uh, so again, thank you guys for all the interaction on our Facebook and, and our Twitter, and we'll continue to provide you with the best content that we can, and we'll take all the suggestions and things that you guys do. Uh, as we end, same as always, salute to our veterans. We thank you guys. We, uh, we support our veterans here. And if you know anybody that is a veteran, you're a veteran yourself, and you have questions about trying to get your disability or anything like that, please hit us up. Uh, comment, inbox us, and we'll get back to you as fast as we can. We thank you, and go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators. are on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.